Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Drilled listeners, we are talking today to Thumka Sliegers. She heads up a group in the Netherlands that's working to ban fossil fuel ads. And I wanted to talk to her because that is an idea that has been floated here as well. And I was curious to hear if she had the same sort of reception there as people have gotten here, how the media is reacting to it, all of those kinds of things. One of the really interesting things that she mentioned was that in the Netherlands, Shell sponsors a lot of educational and science and culture events. And that is one of the biggest ways that they advertise, especially to young kids. So they are tackling that part of advertising as well. So not just media ads, but also event sponsorship which would be a huge deal if people in the U.S. picked up because the oil companies very much do the same thing here. If you listened to our episode on Louisiana, you would have heard about Shell sponsoring Jazz Fest there and BP sponsoring all kinds of museum exhibits and Chevron sponsoring various educational and arts groups. Oil companies do that kind of thing to establish what they call a social license to operate. This is an idea that BP first formalized in a couple of papers following the Deepwater Horizon spill. It's the notion that the most important thing really to fossil fuels' ability to stay alive and stay profitable is a social license. In other words, a license from the public to continue doing what they're doing, a sense that whatever damage they might be doing is outweighed by the good that they do. We're going to get into all of that and more on today's episode coming up right after this message from today's sponsor. I'm Amy Westervelt, and this is Drilled. spend an average of 90% of their time indoors, which is bad news because according to the EPA, indoor air could be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air. In some cases, it could be a hundred times more polluted. Data shows that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths around the world. I have a strange little problem in my neck of the woods, and that is that everybody likes to burn their garden trash and other trash too. Lots of trash burning going on in my neighborhood. Not great. Air Doctor has really, really helped. I just fire it up on days when I can tell everybody's lighting their trash fires, and it keeps the household air clean. Air Doctor is the air purifier that has captured the attention of established media outlets like CNN, Money, ABC, and more. 
Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code DRILLED to get up to 39% off or up to $300 off, depending on the model. Lock this special offer in by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code DRILLED. Hi, it's Amy here, and I'm excited to tell you about a new podcast from APM Studios and Western Sounds called Ripple. Such a good idea, this show. In the aftermath of major disasters, there is always a swarm of media attention. The public is captivated by breaking news, there's coverage and controversy, and then the cameras and the public just move on. But the stories are not finished. Ripple is a new series investigating the stories we were told were over. In season one, the reporting team traveled hundreds of miles across the Gulf Coast to learn the ongoing effects of the 2010 Deepwater Horizon oil spill, which are still impacting many coastal residents more than a decade later. You can listen now to Ripple wherever you get your podcasts. start with having you introduce yourself and talk a bit about this fossil fuel ads ban campaign that you're working on, kind of how it came about and, and what you guys are trying to do. All right. I'm Femke Slegers. I'm um, uh, with the Dutch brand of the Worldwide Fossil Free Movement. And we want to put an end to uh, the misleading of the public and the politicians by banning advertisements and marketing by the fossil fuel uh, industry. And um, yeah, we, uh, we campaign for a tobacco-style ban of fossil fuel advertisements, and this ban would prevent greenwashing, branding, sponsoring, and it basically forbids fossil fuel companies to use their logos on any other place than their, their direct selling points, so mm. at the gas stations. And at these gas stations, we want a warning, just like on a pack of cigarettes, so people can make an uh, informed choice. And uh, we arrived at this campaign because we were campaigning um, um, at uh, child marketing and the influence of uh, companies like Shell in education. So in oh, Holland, uh, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. We're working on a series about oh, great, that because it's yeah. so pervasive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really structured. Yeah, it's really systematic. Yeah. And it started out when there was a, a child marketing festival in The Hague, the, the city where I live and where mm-hmm. also the headquarters of, of Shell is. Mm-hmm. And this, this festival, it's called Generation Discover. Nice name, of course. And it's part of the worldwide um, Make the Future campaign by Shell. But this campaign was aimed at kids from uh, six years old till 13 years old. And of course, it's all about windmills and clean energy and um, and our local city council was was uh, subsidizing it from the uh, uh, yeah from wow. the education budget, 
and yeah, so we, we were campaigning against that. And um, yeah, we, we dove into uh, the message of Shell. What is Shell really telling us at this festival? And um, yeah, we discovered that between all the, all the green and shiny um, technological innovation kind of messages, and of course they were fully aligned with the sustainable development goals. And uh, we discovered that they also had some climate lies. And so they made a children lay a, a puzzle about the energy mix in 2070. Mm. And of course, the puzzle has fixed pieces, so there was no, it, yeah, they didn't ask kids, how do you think the energy mix will look like in 2050? And of course, right. 2050 is the year when we should all be at zero emissions, according to mm -hmm. the Paris Agreement. Mm -hmm. And but in the puzzle uh, that Shell made can relate, uh, it said in 2050, there will still be 70% uh, coal, oil and gas in the energy mix. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I asked a, an employee at the festival, from, why are you telling this to children? You say, uh, Shell says it's aligned to Paris. And you say at the festival, you teach kids that in 2050, there's still 70% coal, oil and gas in the energy mix. And then he said, well, we have to be realistic and we want to, uh, we don't want to lie to children. And yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, and, and that you see that, yeah, Shell wants kids to, it's really propaganda. They, they are really influencing kids to think in a, in a way and to, yeah. to keep, yeah, oil and gas normal for, for decades to come. Yeah, Shell has, is of course very uh, big on gas and they had this, um, this fuel gas to liquid and they were advertising at it with the festival and they said it uh, gas to liquid aligned to the sustainable development goal number seven for clean energy. And, and of course, it was also, we're, uh, yeah, again, a big lie. And we, thought we were fighting this lie uh, at the ethical board for, for advertisements. And we won. So, so Shell had to, to say it was sorry. But then we thought, well, we are chasing uh, each advertisement by Shell but this is really systematic and we can't we don't have the money to, to run uh, after every lie that they tell and then we thought well how, how did they do it at the uh, tobacco uh, industry because they also went to schools and told lies to kids and yeah. like Shell does and Exxon and all the others and then we thought well we, we need a tobacco law for the fossil fuel industry so yeah. yeah, the tobacco industry can't use their logo anymore, and uh, and the same should be for the for the fossil fuel industry. It's interesting that um, that you extend it to you know sponsoring these types of events too. We did an episode uh, with some folks in in Louisiana recently, and they were talking about how much the oil companies have sort of embedded themselves in the local institutions there you know so that a lot of the educational organizations and art museums and community groups and whatever are sort of dependent on funding from fossil fuels yeah. you know yeah. it's it's, uh, it's probably the first thing they hear they learn about climate change and and it's it's coming from fossil fuel industry and exactly. that's really the way that they think 
Yeah. 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 Um, so what's like, what, um, when did you start and what has the response been so far, um, from either the oil companies or politicians or, you know, what's, you know, how's it going so far? Uh, yeah, we started out with a, a citizens initiative and, mm-hmm. um, and for that we need 40,000 signatures and then we can really address it at, at our uh, national government. And um, yeah, that we, because of Corona, our campaign was a little bit uh, uh, changed. So, so we have about uh, 5,000 signatures uh, at the moment. It, it could be uh, far uh, more. And mm-hmm. um, the politicians, it, it's really, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's not, I, I, yeah, it, it's really a logical thing. If, if you asked politicians about why, what's a good reason to not introduce a ban for fossil fuel advertisements? I think they can't answer it because mm-hmm. it's really dangerous and there, yeah, there's no way to defend this, but of course they are all conservative. And, um, and of course there are also uh, next year are the elections and, uh, and maybe the green party wants to join the liberals. And so, so they're a little bit, um, hesitant to speak out. Interesting. On yeah. That's yeah. interesting. What about, have you heard anything from um, media outlets, like either TV or radio or, you know, magazine or newspaper that, that might have some amount of their revenue attached to these ads? Yeah, that's a very interesting one because we, we've, we've campaigning for the city of Amsterdam to ban all fossil fuel ads in the city in the capital and um, and it's really hard to make a connection to the media and I think that's partly because they are funded by fossil fuel ads and there's the the, uh, the main uh, there are the most um, elite newspaper in the Holland like the New York Times it, it's it's running branded content for for Shell um, a lot and and yeah and, and that's really something we're going to address. But within the editorial board, there is already, they are not fans of this. So there is opposition within the, in, in the paper. That's interesting. So have you looked at, um, I know there's the, the one newspaper in Sweden and then the Guardian, I think are the yeah. only two so far that have done this, right? And they've, they've I mean, they've, they have really good answers for all of this stuff. The, the thing that the, um, the Guardian woman said to um to us that I thought was so interesting was and and like makes it so easy because a lot of people had been kind of like well you know where does it end do you ban car ads and you know travel ads and you know any kind of ad could have a carbon footprint associated with it right (laughs) so um her response was that you know fossil fuel companies are never advertising a product they're always just advertising a sort of a policy position or trying to make people think a certain way about their brands and so it's very it's very easily distinguished from other types of advertising because they're not selling anything yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so anyway um uh yeah i mean i guess is there a sense, do you have any, any sense at all of um, sort of how much revenue um, these folks might be getting from fossil fuel companies? Because that was one thing that when we were talking to the, the Guardian folks, like I don't think a lot of 
oil and gas companies were advertising in the Guardian anyway. <laughs> well, Exxon was. Exxon was really Exxon big. was though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But they, but, and they did, they said they, that it represented, I think like 1% of their, of their ad revenue, which, you know, especially right now is a lot. So anyway, uh, but I'm curious if like, you have any sense of, of how much um, they might be spending on particularly media buys. Not yet. Not mm-hmm. yet. No. Do you think it might be impacting how the media is even covering your campaign? Um, yeah, we can say that for sure, but yeah, and because yeah, we went live during Corona, so, so the oh, yeah, yeah. And also the reason, so so it's hard to say. It's hard to tell. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then I know you emailed me initially because you had noticed shortly after you launched that a, a shadowy figure was visiting your website. <laughs> can you can you say a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we just launched our website like two weeks and I was checking if, if, if there was already incoming traffic and then I saw, a, a, yeah, amongst the familiar names, I saw a name I didn't know and it was Sigwatch. And I ran a, a, a quick Google search and found that this company monitors NGOs and grassroots activism against multinationals. And then it's like big agro, big, big food, big oil, and big tobacco. Yeah. And, and they also teach multinationals how to mute activism. So, so I, I, I dove somewhat deeper and I, I discovered SIG, which was founded in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And for me, yeah, that, uh, that was reason for mild suspicion as in the 90s, all kind of denialism um, uh, sprang and was flourishing. Yeah. And I, uh, I, yeah, I found that the founder of SIG, which was Robert Blood, and then I ran a search on Robert Blood and I discovered uh, this a guy named Robert Blood helped casting doubt about the uh, uh, health hazards of smoking for British mm. America tobacco and he even linked opposition to uh, tobacco regulation to opposition on environmental issues and he was suggesting that the best way to counter activism is showing understanding and y- using fair words and taking very small actions. <laughs> so always <laughs> refer to that. My, I get the sense that their, um, the fossil fuel industry in general is getting quite worried about its social license being eroded. Have you guys connected with groups elsewhere in the world that are looking at a similar kind of approach? No, we know that, that um, um, there, in, in the UK there's a group and uh, mm-hmm. from, and they're trying, they, yeah, they, they have a different approach. They say, from, well, all, all greenwashing should have a warning on it. And if they don't, then we'll, uh, we need a ban. Mm. We think uh, a warning on fossil fuel ads is, is not enough because the, the misleading can still go on. Yeah. And, um, and in Norway, there was a, um, an editorial letter from the uh, Climate Youth, and they also... Uh, we're pleading for a ban, but I don't know if if a campaign is attached to it. If 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 there are any other initiatives, because I think the timing is yeah just right, and uh, yeah we really must step up. And yeah, we don't have time for nudging every consumer to make the right choice, and we can't expect children and adults to be aware of misleading ads all the time, and we don't yeah. have the money to chase every ad. So so yeah, we must be open. We must open the conversation to yeah strict legal regulation. Yeah, but I think it's, yeah. it's still a taboo 
because we always saw, solve things with nudging and, and with uh, self-regulation, but it's not <laughs> enough in the, in the light of climate change. Are you making any kind of inroads with politicians that might take this up or, or even like sort of, you know, legal organizations or civil society groups or anything like that that might, you know, take this up and turn it into legislation? Yes, we are, we are um, planning to make our own um, tobacco style law. So, so uh, we will make a proposal. We are already talking with lawyers uh, about it. And we will present this, this, uh, yeah, this law to the politicians, and, and mm-hmm. we have so, some who, who favor this, so they will uh, propose it in parliament. And, and we already ran a test with the tobacco law, and it's, it's just, yeah, the, the tobacco law that bans uh, uh, tobacco advertisement, and it's, mm-hmm. it's really easy to convert it to uh, to the fossil fuel industry. So, so it's, it's yeah, like one of one. So it's also a concept that many countries can uh, can do. Yeah, so I hope many countries will plead for for such a, a law. Okay, that's it for this time. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, we are working on a new narrative season that will be coming out in August. So stay tuned for that. If you are a paid member through our Patreon, then you will get access to that entire season, all 10 episodes early. So make sure you're signed up for that. We have pledges as low as $5 a month. I understand that now is a really tough time for everyone on the money front. So if you can't afford a subscription, don't worry. You will still get access to that season. It'll just be a little bit later. We are also about to launch a drilled news local network. We will be working with reporters across the country to do accountability reporting on the ground in oil and gas states. That is being funded in part by listener and reader support. We very much appreciate it. Some of our latest Patreon patrons are Timothy Bergen, Michael Rybelbosen, Julia Steinberger, Rachel Budaberg, Avery Robertson, Sandy Emerson, and Catherine Koble. Thank you guys so much. Your help really supports a lot of the work that we're doing. It goes directly into more reporting, more production work, really just producing more stories and getting them out to more people. That's it for this time. We will seriously, for real this time, be taking a little bit of a break until the next big season comes out. You might get occasional bonus updates in between now and then, but otherwise we will see you in a few weeks. Thanks again for listening.